Good morning. It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Friday, May 21st, 2021. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. After weeks at low, Sitka's COVID alert level jumped back up to moderate on Thursday. Health officials reported three new COVID cases on Wednesday. Two of the new patients are Sitka residents in their 30s. The third is a non-resident in his 70s. One of the residents who tested positive was experiencing symptoms. His case is tied to community spread. Information for the other two cases was not yet available on the city's COVID dashboard. Despite the rise in alert level, new CDC guidance suggests vaccinated people can safely go unmasked in most indoor and outdoor spaces without social distancing. At the city's Emergency Operations Center meeting on Wednesday, Fire Chief Craig Warren said they've shifted their policies to align with the new CDC guidance. Vaccinated members of the public and city employees are no longer required to wear masks in city buildings. Uh, non-vaccinated personnel, we ask they do mask still. Um, the exception to that currently is uh, here at the fire department, you're going to see uh, masks on all of our EMTs or any patient contact by any of our uh, personnel. So if firefighters show up, they're going to have to wear a mask. Uh, you will also see that at the Sitka Public Library because of the children that are there and that can't get the vaccination. Warren said city staff would not challenge members of the public on their vaccination status. Beginning in June, the EOC will begin monthly meetings. At the height of the pandemic, the group was meeting weekly. After five days, there's been no let-up in the search for Geraldine Nelson. The 78-year-old Juno woman was last seen at her home in the Lemon Creek area on Sunday. She's a former resident of Angoon. On Wednesday afternoon, Geraldine's grandson, Preston Nelson, was searching the grass, brush, and standing water just off Glacier Highway as traffic whizzed by. Some nights we stay up all night, other nights we're out till 1.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, at this point, I'm searching every nook and cranny that I could find and re- going, going through everything twice, three, four times and trying to get as much as much uh, evidence or some sort of sign that she's still around here somewhere. Preston Nelson says he has taken off work this week to search for her. Volunteer searchers and family have been working with the Central Council of Lincoln and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska to coordinate a search. The tribe has been providing meals, equipment like flashlights and safety vests, and a staging area. Juneau Police, Alaska State Troopers, Juneau Mountain Rescue, and a Coast Guard helicopter have concentrated their search in and around Lemon Creek's nearby woods and trails. Multiple teams with Sea Dogs, or Southeast Alaska Dogs, organized for ground search have also started searching early in the morning and continued well into the evening. Trooper Josh Vince says they are assuming that Nelson is still walking around. We believe that she's mobile, um, which means that she could wander into an area that we just finished searching right after we searched it. So we're, we're researching some areas and we're searching new areas that haven't been touched yet. Geraldine Nelson, who also goes by Jerry, is an Alaska Native elder who is approximately 5 foot 1 and 125 pounds. She has shoulder-length hair and wears glasses. 
Juneau Police Department asks anyone who sees her to call them at 586-0600. When people think of trailer homes, many envision shoddy construction and unhealthy living conditions. But in places like Sitka, where construction costs are high and land availability is low, they're an important affordable housing alternative. For one Sitkin, renovating a trailer provided a path to debt-free home ownership, and as KCAW's Aaron McKinstry reports, this resident is not the only one looking beyond the stigma of trailer living. Come on in, I don't let the dog out. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Robin Schmidt's black and white border collie lady greets me at the door of her olive green trailer home. The mouth of the Indian River spills into Sitka Sound outside her kitchen window. This is so nice. Thank you. I just have to say. It's not just the scenery that's inviting. Inside, the nearly 900 square foot home looks like any modern apartment or house. It's bright and tidy with hardwood cabinets and new appliances. I've had a lot of people come over and they're just absolutely stunned when they come in. They're like, holy, you know, wow, wow. Schmidt hasn't always lived in a trailer. She used to own a big house with land in Wasilla and had a big mortgage to go with it. But a few years back after a divorce, she decided to make a change toward a simpler life. She was old enough to withdraw some of her retirement, and she started asking herself where she wanted to live and what she wanted to do next. And I just kept coming back to the idea that being self-employed was the only thing that really worked for me after being an attorney for over 25 years, and that um, the place that I really wanted to live was Sitka. I really wanted to come back to Sitka, and I wondered how I could possibly afford to do that. When Schmidt lived in Sitka before, she'd rent it. But it was tricky to find a place that could accommodate her teenage son, dog, and cats. She looked at buying a house, and even places that needed a lot of work were out of her price range. Then, she got a call from a friend asking if she'd be interested in a trailer that a local contractor wanted to sell. And we did a walkthrough, and the place was really it's 1984 and you know there was the paneling and so it was really really ugly and I said I only want the place if you gut it to the studs I mean new floor new ceiling new walls I said I don't want to see any paneling anywhere Finding a bank to finance the trailer renovation was a challenge, Schmidt says, so they drew up their own contract and payment plan. He replaced everything from the windows to the countertops, and the fully renovated trailer cost Schmidt just $75,000. That's around a fifth of what she would have paid for a house that still needed a lot of work. But despite Schmidt's success story, everyone from her father to her plumber has voiced skepticism. She thinks there's a stigma against trailers that doesn't exist for other affordable housing alternatives like tiny homes. There's been the belief always is that trailers don't last. Although many of Sitka's trailers are shoddy and unhealthy, Sitka building official Pat Swedeen says many people are pleasantly surprised at the quality of new manufactured homes. They're not built like they used to be. They're built with much thicker walls. They have insulation uh, equal to what a typical stick-built structure would have. I think that's an avenue that isn't getting enough attention in my mind when it comes to really trying to talk about affordable housing. 
This is it. This is one of the ones we're installing, yeah. Developer Jeremy Twaddle owns Mountain View Estates. This is a, a two-bedroom, one-bath home that we're installing now. It's a, what they call a single-wide. Uh, it comes in, in one section. He slowly expanded the trailer court since he bought it nine years ago. He barges the manufactured homes from down south, installs them on a permanent foundation, and sells them move-in ready. Even with the cost to ship the home and rent the lot, he says the price per square foot is about half of what someone would pay for a regular house in Sitka. And people have noticed. The remaining spaces are already promised to buyers, and the trailers haven't even arrived yet. I'd say in the last year there's been a real uptick in this type of housing, I think due to the affordability. And not only in Sitka, but kind of nationwide, the manufactured home builders are backed up about nine months in construction right now. He says getting a loan to buy a trailer can be a challenge, but in Sitka, Alps Federal Credit Union offers financing. A bigger hurdle is land. There's not a lot right for development in Sitka anyway. And because of zoning restrictions, the space for trailer courts is even more limited. He says if the land was there, he'd keep bringing in trailers because as a lifelong Sitkin, he sees the need for affordable housing and the gap that they can fill, especially for those hoping to enter the housing market. Just wanting people to be able to stay in Sitka and and succeed and not get run out of town because there's only rental options or the, the homes are just too expensive. For Schmidt, that's exactly what her trailer provides, a way to stay in a place that she loves and the freedom to live her life the way she wants. I feel like I've gotten my life back without the debt hanging over my head. Yeah, it's it's about freedom to me. If she ever decides to move, she thinks she could get her money out of her renovated trailer and then some. But if not, she says, she's gotten her living out of it. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Erin McKinstry. This is the final story in a special KCAW series about affordable housing called Building Solutions. To find photos and more in-depth reporting, visit kcaw.org slash building solutions. When Alaska State Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins read that the Coast Guard was going to send three new icebreakers to port in Seattle instead of Alaska, he had one word. Uh, baloney? In a meeting at the House's Military and Veterans Affairs Committee on Tuesday, Christ Tompkins introduced a resolution co-sponsored by several other legislators, including Kodiak Representative and Speaker of the House Louise Stutes, calling on the federal government to redirect those icebreakers to Alaska ports. Some of those should end up in Alaska, given we are the only Arctic state in the Union, and I'm tired of Seattle Uh, basically claiming assets that rightfully belong to Alaska. I mean, it's sort of patronizing to the state. The resolution does not have the authority to place icebreakers in Alaska, but could support advocacy efforts of Alaska's federal congressional delegation. The resolution passed on Wednesday and is headed to the governor's desk. I'm Peter Apathy, and this has been Raven News.